Hello, everybody. It's the Vookcast. It's episode number 171. My name is Stephen, and I have my friends with me today. One of them's Chris. How are you, Chris? What's up? Oh, I'm good. I'm oh, just playing games as usual. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Playing one game a lot, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. Um, but until Ooh. then, uh, Ooh, secret. Yeah, spooky. <laughs> um, you might have heard Josh. He's also here. He's also my friend. What's up? Hey, yeah, no, not much. Also playing games, funnily enough. Been playing some uh, some Pokemon games, I hear. Oh, yes, um, briefly, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, as, yeah, let's get right into that specific Pokemon game. There's been a whole bunch of Pokemon news that came out, like, yesterday. We were going to do a podcast yesterday, but they were like, no, let's, let's let things settle. Let's sort of get the actual information <laughs> solid before we actually just go start spewing out information on a podcast, because, you know, we want to be informed and good and stuff. Um, Pokemon Quest, that was the first thing that got announced, and it's... I don't know. It, it's weird. It looks like Minecrafty, but I don't think that's actually anything like what it is. Um, the details I have. It's out on Switch now. It's coming to mobile, iOS, Android later in June, apparently. Um, you're exploring a blocky world, searching for treasure, looking for things to cook, battling Pokemon. Um, tap on things. Things happen when you tap. It's got a pointer if you're playing it in docked. Um, please, uh, Josh, you've played it a little bit. Uh, save me. What What is going on in Pokemon Quest? What do you do? Yeah, so it's kind of like Pokemon Rumble if it basically played itself. <laughs> it's, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really simplistic. It's kind of like one of those idler tapper games where um, you, you send Pokemon out on quests. Um, they It'll play the, by itself, but you can intervene and hit moves at certain times if you know that it'll be more effective. Um, you get through levels, you get experience, you can equip things on your Pokemon to make them stronger. And you can get items that you can use to make recipes that allure in more Pokemon, as long as you're willing to wait a few hours <laughs> or pay money. <laughs> oh, no, even... <laughs> oof. Okay. Um, wow, I didn't expect that. Oh, I guess it, it's a free-to-play game. It's, you know, clearly a mobile game, and that's kind of how you monetize free mobile games. Oh, yeah, games, like, but... it is so obviously a mobile game. <laughs> like, um, mm. It pretty much is totally controlled by the touchscreen. There's really minimal button and stick controls. And a lot of the time, if you do use the stick to try and navigate the menus, it'll actually just move a pointer around the screen. Yeah, I was looking at some video footage, and that looked really clunky. Like, I don't know, instead of selecting options on a screen like, you know, any other controller-based input, it's like, nah, you can just move a little finger around until it's vaguely in where you want it, and then you press the button. It's It's so obviously a mobile port. Oh, it seems so, I don't know, such a weird and dumb choice. (laughs) Dare I say but the it? good news is that unlike other games like this, uh, you can actually play it offline. It oh. doesn't require you to sign in just to play by yourself. Like some games actually do that. Uh, they do all these timer checks and everything on the servers and make sure you're not cheating. Well, how dare but, uh, you? This you one can't you can play totally offline. Forward, you, you cheater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you're not really convincing me very much. Have you got any any thoughts on this one? I know you've played it a little bit, Chris. Yeah, I yeah, I've I've played a little bit beyond the sort of introduction handhold tutorial sort of thing and yeah, like Josh says, it it does have mobile game written all over it. Um and I think the the big um uh the the big factor that sort of I think has people a bit wary was that when it was announced in the um uh, the Japan press conference, 
they referred to it as not uh, not just free to play, but free to start. Uh, so uh, free yes. to start, uh, sort of um, making it sound like it's pretty well. You know, if you want to want to play deep into it, you've almost got to drop some coin onto it. So, um, but I I didn't mind what what I played. Uh, as yeah, as Josh mentioned, it's one of those idler clicker sort of things. So it's something that you know. More so when it comes to mobile, I can see myself playing for a few minutes, tapping a few things, mm. and then leaving it and then returning uh, to it later. Uh, but it's certainly, as I find with most mobile games, a lot of them are hardwired to have a pretty pretty engaging uh, first thirty minutes or so, and mm, you know a, a pretty steady yeah pretty steady flow of rewards and lots of that juicy interface and sound effects sort of stuff. Uh, but then I I find the longevity is just not there, and I get bored and can't be bothered playing it. So, uh, yeah, really haven't played it enough to say, you know, what that ongoing progression loop is like. But it's hey, it's it's free. I haven't lost anything by playing it. Yeah, I guess that's the joy of it. That whole free to start thing. When I, when I first saw that, I was thought back to Super Mario Run. And thought maybe it would be a bit more like that, where it's you know you download it, it's free to start, you get a few levels, and then you know the rest of the game is some higher amount. But I guess Mario Run didn't work out terribly well for them, as far as I understand. I guess the it was like ten or twelve dollars Australian to get the rest of the game, and apparently it didn't get enough people buying it as they hoped. Yeah, so. people got really annoyed once they hit that paywall. Like you could yeah. check the reviews, and they're like, "Um, you expect me to pay to continue to play this video game?" It's on my phone. Like, I don't pay yeah, for that's, games. That's how they work. <laughs> yeah, and I guess maybe mm. that's why they didn't continue down that path. And it's like, well, I guess if you can't beat them, join them and made a mobile ass mobile game. Thanks, Fire yeah. Emblem. Well, uh, that's Pokemon Quest. It's if you enjoy Idlers, you it's might free. enjoy it, but I don't <laughs> think it's for me or us. Dare I uh, extrapolate out of to the whole cast? But something that yeah, may, maybe not will be for some of us is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. It's coming out November ni- 1916. Um, it's in Kanto. I know how much you've been uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, Kanto 151 Pokemon, Josh. I've seen you tweeting. Oh, boy, yeah. You can't My favourites. <laughs> I haven't seen Kanto and all those originals for so long. Like, I mean, all the rest are bad, didn't you hear? Like, first 151 oh, yeah. are the only Pokemon. Like, they're making <sighs> ice creams um, and piles of garbage now. Nothing like the classics where you got a magnet that evolved into three magnets. Man, that was just, like, <laughs> innovation. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, it was super weird. We had bits and pieces of information coming out all over the place. We've got, like, Q&As in Japanese and mistranslations and mistranslations of mistranslations. It's still a little <laughs> bit up in the air at the moment anyway. But, like, from what I can gather, it looks to be the story mode that Pokemon Go doesn't have. Like, it seems to incorporate a lot of what you do in Pokemon Go, going around, you find wild Pokemon, you throw balls at them until they stop escaping the balls, and then you have a story around that now. Um, I guess that's kind of neat. If you're into Pokemon Go, this might be a way to, you know, a gateway into a slightly more traditional Pokemon game without all of the baggage that the traditional RPG Pokemons have, I guess. That's, that might be cool. Yeah, I mean, I was really worried when all the rumours were coming out because they were making this sound like it was going to be the new generation of Pokemon and probably the future of the franchise. And I'm tired of Kanto. I don't like the region. (laughs) 
I'm kind of tired of seeing the Pokemon. I didn't like Pokemon Go, so this was kind of like a nightmare <laughs> announcement. <laughs> Just every new but piece of information said- is like, no, <laughs> no, no. And um, the leaks also were really blurry and made it look like it was just going to be the Sun and Moon engine running on Switch. So I was kind of really wary and getting really preemptively angry. But when <laughs> the the new art style came out and actually looked really good, um, and they said that this is pretty much a stopgap until a more traditional game comes out, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, it doesn't interest me, but I could just ignore it now. Yeah, I guess now that we know a bit more about what it is, I have kind of similar feelings. I'm not going to be sad that it exists, but... No, I can see there are a lot of people that might use this as a gateway to Pokemon, or maybe they kind of, you know, bounced off the more traditional RPG. You know, the first what five hours of a Pokemon game are usually just, uh, ball, you know, boxes of text, boxes of text, <laughs> basic Pokemon. How do you catch one? I don't know. Please teach me, Mister. Like, I guess they can get past all that. And jump off they a can ledge. use their knowledge from Pokemon Go. Yes, and I'm also hoping that with that regard, if they're taking a more um, streamlined approach to this game, that they don't bog down the mainline games with that same streamlining and um, hand-holding, I guess. Because, yeah, Sun and Moon were just terrible explaining every single aspect as if you were a Mm two-year-old. And if they're making a game that is sort of geared towards that younger audience and towards that audience who doesn't want to jump into a hardcore RPG experience, that they can kind of have this side series that's more appealing to them. And then the core games can um, sort of deviate from that and be more... Uh, what yeah, people who've been stuck with the series for a long time have been wanting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting you bring that up. Like, it's obviously complete speculation, but maybe it's an acknowledgement that, you know, the people that grew up with Pokemon now want different things from Pokemon to people new to the franchise, and it's good to be able to cater to both without necessarily watering down the experience for the others, like, you know, having the complex one pushing away new people and having a streamlined one push away people that want something a bit more meaty to dig into. Yeah, maybe having two tracks is a good mm. idea. And I'm trying really hard to not make this into like a casual versus hardcore thing. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, this isn't for the real fans. The real fans want this. And you like Pokemon? I'm name three to of their really albums. With my words. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any words, Chris? Uh, any thoughts on on this, or maybe even the Pokeball Plus Joy-Con replacement thing? Maybe. Yeah, I I probably judging by the the vibe in the the Discord room, I'm probably the most excited for this one. I I'm I'm super excited for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and I think it's super super smart from Game Freak from a sort of a gateway perspective and also a business perspective. Um, because we all know how the, the sheer weight of numbers Pokemon Go was and still is with millions of daily users. So having that, uh, having that sort of natural transition into, or well, here's, here's a game with similar, uh, sort of mechanics to it with a bit more of the, uh, the core Pokemon stuff as well. Um, and it's a, a nice sort of lead in for, you know, people who may have been a bit daunted by some of the, you know, not not that Pokemon's ever been super meaty on the RPG side of things, but this uh, certainly presents itself as probably the most accessible entry point uh, for a, a console-based Pokemon game. And I think probably the thing that excites me the most is 
the the co-op two player uh, just just being able to chill out with someone and play the um, play play the game side by side each only needing one joy con each I, I'm, I'm just super excited to uh, play it with my girlfriend and uh, you know run around throwing pokeballs at Pokemon and it still looks to have it still looks to have some sort of a, a mainline combat system uh, albeit with other trainers because uh, as we've seen uh, the uh, there are no wild Pokemon sort of battles as such. It's mm. more just, you know, Pokemon Go. You see them, uh, walk up to them and throw, you know, throw Pokeballs at them and in an attempt to catch them. Um, but yeah, and, and like Josh said, I, I think the art style is, is enough of a step up from what we've seen from the Sun and Moon games. And it's, it's just, it still has a, a bit of a, a bit of a look of its own and it looks really, yeah, it looks looks really nice and, and cutesy and vibrant, you know, all that lovely Pokemon stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm really, really keen for it. It's interesting as well that you'll be able to move your Pokemon as far as I understand from Pokemon Go into this, but not the other way around. So I guess that also means that, you know, people who are playing the game and find cool Pokemon in Pokemon Go can move them. It gives them a reason to check out Pokemon Go if they haven't already or get back into it if they're mm. sort of a, a lapsed player, like, hello, uh, that's me. Like, yeah, it, it really does seem like a good idea just to get both Pokemon Go and Pokemon on the Switch you know, into more people's hands, I guess. Yeah, yeah. they've done a good job of um, sort of melding the two as well. Like um, Chris was saying that, uh, that you can play with another person. And I think mm. that was one of the big aspects that Go was popular, the social aspect. So mm. making that more of a core feature in the game and bringing over um, enough of the core games that people remember and recognize from when they used to play the games, or if their younger game is enough um, to keep them hooked without overwhelming them with mechanics and things. So I think it's a good compromise between the two, but... Um, probably a bit too much of a compromise for me, so I think I'm just hmm. going to sit this one out. But again, it, it it didn't make me as angry as I thought it would. So <laughs> yeah, I think as as we learned more about it, I just remember I was talking in a, a group of friends at the time, and just as little pieces of information came out, it, there's just a roller coaster of oh, this looks cool. Oh, it's a remake of Yellow. That's interesting. Oh, cool. It's in full 3D. Oh no, there's no wild Pokemon battles. Oh no, it's basically Pokemon Go with a story. Oh no, it's like. I know it's it's really not for the person who is all you know, has been all in on Pokemon for gosh how long's it been twenty years ish probably more than that years. now I think good twenty two years oh, good god <laughs> um, but, but I yeah. think also another problem with that was the way that they got the information out was really bad I mean it's a Japanese <laughs> conference um, kind of being drip fed out so we we're getting mistranslations people missing bits of information and all that. And it could have just been really nicely handed with, like, a Pokemon Direct or something, where everyone's getting the exact same information at the same time. Yeah, having it actually localised for, you know, obviously Japan is part of the, the audience, but it's not an insignificant amount of people who don't speak Japanese and who play Pokemon Go. I guess it would have made a bit more sense to yeah, have a sort of worldwide localised announcement, but it's Pokemon. they got to do their own thing sometimes. Yeah, because does anyone anyone actually know what the online functionality is yet? Because I've I've heard so many flip flops on that. Mm-hmm. So That's what I'm a... leading towards at the moment is that it does have online play, but they're looking at not using the Switch's online service. 
which I think means that it's gonna you're gonna be able to play it without having to subscribe, which is good because that's such a key feature of the games, and we've had it for free for so long that charging for it for no extra reason would be kind of annoying. And I think especially for people mm. used to Pokemon Go, it's like I've got I play <laughs> Pokemon Go on my phone. It costs me nothing to download. I've got my phone. That's all I need. And it's like you're already mm. people who aren't already all in on the Switch might be. Now, a little bit hesitant to buy this three four hundred dollar system to play a Pokemon game, and then go, oh, what? I need to pay another whatever it is a year just to be able to play this online. That might be a bridge, not a bridge too far, but kind of a bit, I don't know, of an unnecessary expense in most people's minds. And especially if they went all in getting the console, the game, the Pokeball controller. Yes, and like if it spent so much, and then it's like, oh yeah, no, just a little bit more if you want to play with your friends and have fun. And yeah, that Pokeball controller. I'm glad you bring that up. It's like, from what I can gather, it looks to be part Joy-Con, part Poke Walker. Like you can put a Pokemon in that Pokeball and take it around with you in real life. Like put it on your belt, like the cool person that you are. Like walk around, <laughs> then it'll, I assume, grow along with you walking around and stuff. That's and I like you can the Poke Walker as a Pokemon Go Plus. Oh yeah. So you can use it with go to um I think catch your mm. regs, uh catch Pokemon without opening the game, and I think walk your buddy to get candy. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I guess it would work very similarly to the buddy in Pokemon Go. And yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the whole Pokemon Go Plus, that's you know, that's pretty huge. The amount of people I saw walking walking around with those or just like at work, it's like people who I never would have thought were Pokemon fans, it's like you have this Pokemon thing on your wrist. Huh. Interesting. Like, it's a, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it seems like a pretty cool idea to me. Like, I wore the Pokeball, Poker Walker to work back in that day. So, you know, people are going to be all in this, in on this, I reckon. Yeah. And actually, Pokemon, as, as a result of the Pokemon Let's Go announcement, I actually went back and jumped into downloading Pokemon Go on my phone because I hadn't played for quite some time. And I thought, well, if there's going to be integration with the, the new game on Switch, then I may as well have it on my phone, even if I don't touch it, just so I can see what the integration is come November. Hmm. And actually, I've I've come away being really impressed by a lot of the quality of life improvements they've made to Pokemon Go in the year or plus that I haven't played it. So I booted it up and sussed out some of the gym stuff, some of the... Uh, some of the other little mechanics have added in and uh, some of the questing and uh, challenges that they've added and thought that, yeah, that I can actually probably see myself playing this on a semi-regular basis. So I think it's it's almost worked in reverse. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> Go being the gateway to Pokemon Let's Go on Switch, whereas I've got the Switch, I'll pretty well gobble up any Pokemon thing they throw at me on it uh, so I've gone and re-downloaded Pokemon Go on my phone. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Pokemon yeah. company are happy for it to work either way, as long as you're playing more Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, I, I'm i still, yeah, I could be getting an angry email from uh, Mr. Pokemon Company saying, Oi, you've done this in the wrong order, mate. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Stop playing Pokemon Go until the Switch one comes out. No, wait. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting my metaphors confused. Um. <laughs> There's a new other Pokemon game. It's a core Pokemon game, and we don't know almost anything about it, aside from it being second half of 2019. It seems, I think this was very smartly slotted into these announcements just to 
maybe mm-hmm. placate the people like Josh and I who are like not it was me, 100%. It was me personally. There's so many <laughs> tweets leading up to this for the last month. I'm like, oh God, what is this man going to do? They must have <laughs> missed out something. Like all these mistranslations missed out the word, this is for Josh in there. They just thought that was some <laughs> weird thing off to the side they didn't need to worry about. <laughs> So, are you guys ready to go back to Alola with Ultra Sun and Moon 2 on the Switch next year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think, um, I think this is why Pokemon Let's Go excites me so much, is because I I really struggle to get into both the, Ultra, uh, the, both the Sun and Moon games. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I enjoyed like, I guess... um, Sun when I played through it, but... It was definitely lacking things, and you could tell that it was had it was rushed to a level that the other games have never felt. And I tried playing through Moon because I ended up getting both. Um, that was pretty recently, and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't remember these tutorials being this bad." And I gave up like half an hour in because I'm like, "Oh, just just let me fight something." Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know. I kind of felt the same way. I didn't end up finishing moon i think i was playing moon and i didn't even bother with ultra moon i've heard good things from friends who played it who because it seemed to incorporate a lot of like old pokemon stuff like uh i don't know old team rocket or something i I don't really know what was going on there um oh it gets really weird it's like um, all the villains from past games come back but they're from a different dimension where they won huh Okay. So like, uh, I did not. Giovanni took over the world. Um, Lysandra nuked everyone. <laughs> um, Cyrus created a new universe and all that. And they've got all their legendary Pokemon and they fight you. And it's a bit of fan service. In that. Huh. Interesting. Um, Color me intrigued now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm going to go off to Target Why didn't they and buy your the Sun. <laughs> yes. It's like, just tell me that this is a multi dimensional Team Rocket victory alternate story back to the future 2 game. And I'll buy that stuff. That sounds great. Oh, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> but unfortunately, the rest of the game is pretty much the exact same thing, but with an even worse story somehow. Yeah, and I've seen sort of... It's a little <laughs> bit reductive, but I've seen the opinion go around the place that, you know, people... We've all been wanting something different from Pokemon, and they announced Pokemon Let's Go, and we're like, no, not that, that different. It's like, mm, that doesn't really <laughs> explain what I kind of want when I say I want something different. It's like, I like the core Pokemon gameplay, catching, battling, mm. trading, all that stuff, but it's all the the fluff around it, the mountains of text yeah, you exactly. have to go through, the endless tutorials. It's just, there's a lot of things that you have to waste your time doing before you get to the real meat of it, and that's what I want to change. So, yeah, I'm, I hope that they, they do make some adjustments for whatever this ends up being to make it a little bit more streamlined but not go streamlined that's yeah that's kind of what i'm getting at yeah well um of a question for both um josh and steven uh if this core rpg pokemon game that's coming out in 2019 if it was along the lines of the gamecube's pokemon coliseum and pokemon xd gale of darkness would you be happy with that um as in you don't actually get to catch the pokemon and it's kind of like a more restricted but more cinematic experience uh just just more you know something that's still got some of that uh, you know rp some of those rpg elements and with a uh, you know a bit of a narrative behind it but not necessarily the same as the core handheld experiences I think that would bum me out because <laughs> I, I love playing through the main game, picking my team of favorites, trading those up. And then I also love delving into the competitive side afterwards. So catching Pokemon, 
breeding them to get the right stats and moves, training them up. And if part of that core loop was, was missing, even if it meant the game was prettier and more cinematic and exciting, um, that yeah, that would bum me out. I okay, think. Cool. I know. I enjoyed. I never got to play Pokemon XD, and now it's just so expensive that I'm not even going to bother trying. But like, I played <laughs> all the way through Colosseum back when it came out, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. But I think. I saw it as more of an extension of Ruby and Sapphire than its own thing. Like, it had its mm. own cool little story mm-hmm. and stuff, but I guess the main function that it served once you got beyond that was this is a way to get Pokemon that you can't get in the regular games or, you know, special versions of those Pokemon and eventually translate or not translate, trade them over to the main games so I can use those in, you know, competitive, I say, in massive air quotes where it's just like the people at my school that I was playing Pokemon with. But, like... Yeah, it was more of a, a an accessory game than a main game. I'd I'd be okay with it, but I could s- completely understand why a lot of people wouldn't. I guess is my answer. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm actually reminded uh, that um, one of the uh, Japan based journalists who was tweeting along information about the uh, the press conference yesterday. Um, mentioned, I, th- I think, I can't remember who it was, maybe the, the president of Game Freak or the Pokemon company, I really can't remember, but was saying that Pokemon Let's Go is designed to be more of a, you know, a, a home console experience, which seems a bit bizarre considering its sort of roots in Pokemon Go, whereas the 2019 RPG game is designed to be uh, more in line with the the handheld games or the handheld elements. So it probably is going to be closer to what, Josh, what you're looking for. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I, I did see, I'm sure you brought that up in, in our chats before. I think, I don't know, the whole home console experience, I, my only guess there is that they're more referring to this is the Pokemon Go that you play when you can't go outside, I guess. that That's the okay. best explanation I can guess. But yeah, so that's that's all the Pokemon news. There's a little bit of other news, not much, but it's, it's Sonic, so I'm very happy about it. Uh, so there was some teasers a little bit earlier this year, I think, maybe last year, a little while ago, about a Sonic R, a Sonic game with R in the title, which, you know, it has very heavy implications because Sonic R was a game. Um, but yeah, now we know it's Sonic Team Racing. It was leaked by Walmart because they leak everything at the moment, but then it was confirmed very soon after. Um, it's being developed by Sumo Digital. It's a Sonic and all of his friends driving around in cars racing game. And yeah, it's made by Sumo Digital and they made a very good Sonic driving around in cars game before. So I'm really quite keen for this. Yeah, I also yeah. loved the previous Sonic driving around in cars game. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> in terms of Sega IP, Sonic's probably one of the less interesting ones for me. I loved um, playing as like football manager and all those <laughs> more wacky characters that they had in the um, original, the other uh, previous games. Well, like on PC, they had like you could play as that character everybody knows and loves, Team Fortress, like. It was bizarre, but it was kind of amazing. Like and they that, had like... it in um, a generic World War Two general or something. Yeah, the of heroes. that's right. It was all over the place. And I mean, everyone loves it's Danica great. Patrick. <laughs> My favorite Sonic character. But yeah, I guess, yeah, you make a good point. You do lose out on the more general Sega sort of love in. It was almost like a, 
a Smash Bros-esque celebration of everything that is Sega. Like, you can drive around a forklift if you want to be the dude from Shenmue. <laughs> it's like, yeah, now it's just Sonic and his friends, which, I don't know, I'm sure the game will be good, but it is, yeah, a bit of a shame that you don't get that extended Sega experience. A bit of a bummer. And it's only cars, isn't it? You don't have the transforming vehicles anymore, do you? No, yeah, I don't think... Oh, that was do, so actually. fun! And yeah. it made the track so cool, like, they'd be totally different in between laps when everything starts blowing up and falling apart, and all of a sudden you're, like, flying through falling ruins and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, and it kind of made a bit more of a, a better justification, like, it's a dumb thing, like, you know, why is Sonic driving a car? But, like, if Sonic's driving a car that has to sometimes transform into a boat and sometimes into a plane, like, that's why he's driving a vehicle, but... <laughs> That that's fine, but yeah, I I'll miss that too. If that, I'm pretty sure they confirmed that's not actually coming. Um, yeah, Sonic Team Racing. I was slightly more excited for it until we talked about it, but I'm sorry, excited for <laughs> doing it. what I do best. <laughs> uh, Just bringing down the mood. This is what always happens. Gosh darn. <laughs> but I think yeah, that that's probably about it for the news. So we'll jump into the main or probably one game that we can talk about this week that I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on, Chris. Um, it's a game about being a beetle and rolling around a ball in pinball but it's metroid uh please please tell us all about yoku's island express yeah yeah so um i i set myself a challenge when reviewing yoku's island express uh was um and the challenge was how can i talk about this game without repeating the phrase metroidvania ad nauseum and i think i think i did well i think i actually got through the entire review without mentioning it once respect and then i and then, out of uh, out of curiosity, morbid curiosity, I might add, uh, I checked uh, Metacritic, and um, uh, yeah, I think nearly every other review. Oh, check out this new Metroidvania! So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to seem elitist, but I just I'm aware it's, a, it's such a term that's so loaded. It's and one of so... those words where you're just like, oh. I totally, yeah. like, I really respect you doing that. Like, I did the same thing with The Surge. Like, it is very clearly a Dark Souls-esque game. But mm. to someone, mm. in, in this case, if you're someone who's not fully familiar with what a Metroidvania, it's like a kind of vague term as it is. And if you're not fully familiar with what that actually implies, then every review that says it's a Metroidvania-like game means nothing to you. So, yeah, you'll also be mm. one of the few reviews that someone can read without so the prior knowledge of the genre and be able to actually understand what's going on. So I support this. I fully support this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Um, but a bit, a bit of a bit of a tangent. But long story short, Yoku's Island Express is utterly delightful. And if anyone you know has the uh, has the means and the time to do so, I highly encourage you to pick it up on uh, the Switch eShop or. You know, even though this is a Nintendo uh, podcast, you know, uh, any other platform of your choice. Uh, but um, it's, yeah, it's a delightful 2D platformer with, as we've mentioned, Metroid slash Castlevania elements. But the, the hook is, is there's a lot of pinball elements uh, because you play on this, <laughs> on this beautiful <laughs> island uh, that is this whole seamless you know, uh, you can explore the whole island. It's not broken up into sections that are uh, sort of you must progress from one section of the island to then reach the other. It's a real natural and organic exploration of the player. 
and in between the, the, the platforming and jumping between gaps and solving light puzzles and that sort of thing, you come across these little pinball sections where there's pinball flippers, uh, bumpers, and uh, the things that spin like the, I don't know, what, uh, <laughs> what is it, when you put the... Um, you know, remember, um, I think it was back in the day when you tried to make your, your bicycle sound like a motorbike, you'd put like a, a card or something in it and it'd sort of <laughs> yes. flick and spin around or whatever. Uh, it's sort of like that, except I, I don't I don't really play much of the tabletop pinball stuff, so I don't know what the official term for it is. <laughs> Anyways. The spinny there's, bits. There's, there's the spinny bits in the pinball machine. Yes. <laughs> right. All right, I've got that out. Now we've got the vernacular um, sorted. Yes, yes. But... Um, yeah, it, it handles beautifully. Um, the platforming feels solid and playing as this little dung beetle called Yoku who's somehow tasked with saving the fate of this island even though he rocked up thinking, I'm going to be a postman. And next you're, uh, you're tasked with saving the f- fate of the island by saving the ancient tree god that holds the balance of power, blah, 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 blah. You know, thin thin veneer of plot, etc., uh, etc., <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's just such a, a wholesome, feel-good game. It's got this beautiful hand-drawn art style that, uh, in the review, I, I likened to not not necessarily being the same as, but on the same level of quality as Oregon the Blind Forest. It's just got this beautiful art style and this lovely soundtrack and you know lots of uh, colourful, vibrant and. Uh, charming characters and silly dialogue it's just it's just a lot of fun and you know a good way to uh you know i I see it as probably being a good palate cleanser game you know when we play a big triple a title or something that takes hours of our time this is a good game to sort of retreat into for just something really really fun really different and yeah it, it doesn't overstay its welcome either one thing I'm kind of curious about, you mentioned that it was nice and wholesome. Do they mm. acknowledge or, like, discuss whether or not the ball you're rolling around is actually poop, or is it just a ball? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's it's a boulder. I, okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a ball of crap, but... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Nintendo censoring our games again. Yeah, <laughs> I know. At least... I, <laughs> I guess we know that he's skilled at rolling balls of various kinds, and so boulders are not that much different to dung balls. They're just they're just different yeah. density, I guess. And when when I sort of finished the the main story component of the game, I, I got to a point and realised, hang on, why why have I been tethered and why have I been pushing this boulder around the whole time, other than to set up the thin veneer of pinball being in this game? Uh, but then I realised um, uh, the opening section, uh, that's how Yoku actually uh, sort of travelled to this island. He floated to this island on his boulder. So, huh, okay. Um, so I, I suppose it, maybe it's a, a treasured possession of his. So hence, <laughs> hence why he has it tethered to him at all times. That is a nice boulder. Yes. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just, just, um, yeah, totally unrelated, but worth worth saying is that it's, um, it's, it's down with the lingo. It has a, a steamed hams reference in there. Oh my goodness, goodness gracious! <laughs> so, so uh, 
Yeah, and as as we know with memes, they they don't date at all. So what what was uh, meme popular <laughs> six months ago in development is sort of a very obscure reference now. But I I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it hit just as they're at the right time while the iron's hot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Bring it back. Yeah. Well. Um. Did you? I, I don't know. I've sort of looked at a little bit of video footage, and I was thinking it looks like a really neat idea of sort of getting around, like for a platforming game it doesn't look like you actually jump you just sort of follow your pinball or your boulder sorry around and that's sort of the way that you get around the area does that ever get tedious or anything like i when i think of pinball i think of Mm. i hit the ball and it kind of just does whatever it wants until it comes down to another flipper that i can actually have some tiny (laughs) modicum of control over again does it have yeah does that get frustrating or is it not as bad as an actual pinball that i'm thinking of Short answer, no, not tedious. Uh, the longer answer is because of a couple of things. One being you do accumulate a few different abilities throughout the game that gives you different ways to interact with the environment, um, such as there are water sections and uh, partway through the game you do gain the ability to swim underwater and uh, sort of traverse large sections of the world and um, take shortcuts through that means. Um, and then the the clever design of the world in that almost everything well everything is pretty interconnected and it is really easy once you've got abilities you've played played through a fair bit of the the world um it's quite easy to get from one side of the island uh, to the other without you know it doesn't take all that long because uh, you do uncover a bunch of shortcuts and you're able to um, uh, you're able to unlock a bit of a um, uh, not a not a checkpoint system. There, there are checkpoints, but uh, it's a bit of a almost like the um like in the Donkey uh, Donkey Kong Country games where you shoot across uh, in barrels. There's almost a bit of a shortcut system that you unlock okay. where you can you know, cut across half the island by sort of shooting across these uh, these barrel things. Almost a little bit fast travelly, it sounds. Yeah, yeah, without um without oh, and it, immersion's another one of those crappy buzzwords alongside <laughs> but without dare I say breaking immersion of, you know, having a load screen or uh, you know, it's all it's all continuous, it all flows and that's part of why I think it's so cleverly designed in that it is so everything's so seamless and interconnected. It's yeah, a really lovely piece of game design. Cool. Well, that's really neat. Um, it, yeah, it does sound like a really delightful sort of game. Yeah, that palate cleanser game. I can totally relate with sort of what you're saying there. You just sometimes need something in between these big, like blockbuster experiences that you kind of need to not so much chill out. I guess that's not really what I'm getting at, but more just have something a little bit more low key to just kind of you know get yourself ready for the next big bombastic explosion filled shooty game. So. Yeah, this, this mm. sounds like it might fit that bill rock quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to check this out now. I hadn't, I'd heard the name, but I hadn't heard anything else about it. And you hear about so many games, you don't look into each one. But yeah, hearing about it, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah, really, really uh, worth worth the time. That's for sure. And I think on on the eShop, uh, I did have a look. I think it's somewhere between the twenty to thirty dollar mark, which is pretty pretty standard for an indie game of sort of its. Uh, 
size and that sort of thing. So mm. even if people um, you know pick it up now, whether they wait on sale, your money, do whatever. But yeah, definitely <laughs> recommend it as an experience. Cool. Well, um, I hope you will recommend the bookcast as an experience to your friends, and I hope that it was a, a good one for you, because we're reaching the end of this one after some delightful discussion. Um, <laughs> if you want to read a little bit more about Yoko's Island Express, I believe, Chris, your review is up already, or soon to be up very soon? Uh, yeah, it's up. Uh, it was just up the other day. So, yeah, it's on the website for people to go suss out. Cool, cool. That is at books.net. It's like books, but with a V. Um, yeah, and if you want to check out, we've got a whole bunch of other social things, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or the other things. Gosh, they're all yeah, not in my mind at the moment. But they're at V-O-O-K-S. D-O-T-N-E-T, books.net. Um, and yeah, so if you are wanting to follow the rest of us on social media bits and pieces, where can we find you, Chris? Uh, yeah, Twitter's my main jam, as it were. Bibby Boy, B-I-B-B-Y-B-H-O-Y. Bibby Boy. And if you want some, you know, really positive opinions about why Kanto's the best Pokemon <laughs> region, uh, where can we where can we follow Josh? <laughs> uh, you can follow me at, at Mario Bones on Twitter, Mario underscore underscore Bones. Uh, there's two underscores because two is better, just like with Pokemon Generations. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Stephen Impson, S-T-E-V-E-N-I-M-P-S-O-N. And if you want to, you can follow me on all the things there. Uh, but that will be all for this episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening, enjoying the, the content that we provide. Um, yeah, thanks. See you later. Uh, have a good time and we'll see you after E3. Three, three, three. See ya. See ya. <laughs>